Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, I'm Gemma Bath, filling in for Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Just a warning for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners, today's episode contains the names and details of deceased persons. Last week, 28-year-old Constable Zachary Rolfe was charged with the murder of 19-year-old Indigenous teenager Kumanjai Walker. His community were relieved. We're really excited. Our heart is open and we want to thank everybody who's been supporting us, even the police. But the charge hasn't stopped calls for change. In fact, they're louder than ever. Protests have sprung up across the country and red handprints imitating blood have been left on the walls of police stations across the Northern Territory. You see, Aboriginal deaths in custody, which is what Kumanjai's death is being considered as, aren't uncommon. Since August last year alone, there have been more than 19. Today we're speaking to Keenan Mundine, a Birupi and Waka Waka man who spent half his life in the criminal justice system about what needs to change to stop Aboriginal deaths in custody. You cannot sleep properly. It's a tragedy for us. We just can't believe what had happened to our young fella. Kumanjai Walker was at his girlfriend's grandma's home in the small community of Yundamun in the Northern Territory when he was shot dead by police. Two officers were looking for the 19-year-old because he'd allegedly breached conditions of a suspended sentence for break and enter. Keisha's grandparents started screaming when they heard the shots on their property. There were at least two or three. It took 10 hours for police to confirm that Kumanjai was dead. They refused to speak to his distraught family as they waited outside the police station for answers. Kumanjai is more than one of 426 Indigenous Australians who have been killed since the end of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody in 1991. Dr Peter Lewis is the National President of ANTAR, which has been working with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander organisations and leaders on rights issues for two decades. Peter, there have been two royal commissions into deaths in custody and the detention of children. Have they done anything? Yeah, that's certainly the frustration a lot of First Nations people feel and people like myself who support them as non-Indigenous Australians. The Royal Commission to Aboriginal Deaths in Custody was, I think, 1991 when it was its report and there was the hope of many reforms. Some state governments underwent a process of trying to implement those recommendations at varying levels of success. I think probably the most success was in in Victoria. But then again, uh, we still have issues with incidences occurring for Aboriginal people. So obviously a lot more needs to be done. But certainly um, I know uh, the Change the Record campaign was focusing on the, the lack of completion or implementation of those recommendations as part of its drive to cut incarceration numbers and also resolve issues around domestic violence. In the death of Kumanjai in the Northern Territory, a police officer has been charged with murder. Is this seen as a positive? 
I think it's really a sign that there might be some way of the community to trust the system again. I mean, it's sort of a bit of a foothold into that trust. But it all depends on what happened. I mean, one of the other issues around, you know, the original Royal Commission to Aboriginal Deaths in Custody is that it didn't lead to anyone being charged with the deaths. There are assumptions made that the victims themselves were sort of their fault in some respects, rather than being able to interrogate into some of those incidences which many in the community believe was actually murder. So you've got this constant round of Aboriginal deaths occurring or First Nation people's deaths occurring and there not being a, a resolution of, of that issue that it, in some respects it remains a mystery and you get two different stories. So I think that's part of the, the, the frustration. Keenan Mundine is a proud First Nations man with connections to the Birripi Nation of New South Wales and Waka Waka Nation in Queensland. He went to prison aged 14. He's in his 30s now, but has spent half his life behind bars. He runs Deadly Connections Community and Justice Services, a community-led solution to the Indigenous incarceration crisis in our country. Keenan, there's a disproportionate number of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in our prison systems right now. Is that the first issue here? One of the most prevalent recommendations that came out of the Royal Commission was that undoubtedly Indigenous people will be present in the justice system and how can imprisonment be the last option and what is out there as an alternative to prison and who is going to be responsible for that. Since the Royal Commission, nobody's taken any action on alternative pathways to prison. We have numerous orders that could be served in the community and community-based, but a lot of Indigenous people are excluded from this option because of the particular crimes and the most prevalent crimes that are in Indigenous communities are drug-related and poor socioeconomical-related crimes which involve victims. And if any of them crimes involve violence, you do not have any other option but to go to prison. What was your experience like in our justice system in regards to how you were treated compared to non-Indigenous inmates? Yeah, that was really, really a difficult process for me to understand. When I got into the adult system, I didn't know, I guess, how notorious they are about profiling people and, and I guess, inmates. And I ended up in the most notorious prison we have here in New South Wales. And on the same complex, we have the Supermax Supermax prison, yes. And within that complex, it is notoriously known for housing inmates by their cultural identity. So I was only housed with other Aboriginal inmates. I was really, really shocked at that. We've just seen a, a young Aboriginal man shot dead by police in the Northern Territory. What was your reaction to that? My first reaction was not another one, Mm. you know, and then my second reaction was, you know, pain and sorrow for the family. And then the third reaction was, I hope it doesn't get out of control and I hope that this could be dealt with and brought to the forefront of conversations to show that something different needs to be done. We can't keep trying to do things the same way within these communities. We need to work really, really hard in educating the wider population of how colonisation has you know, impacted Indigenous people and been passed down intergenerationally and the policies and procedures and laws that are racist here within our system to, to, to keep us sort of oppressed and marginalised. What would you like to see changed between police and the Indigenous community when it comes to the justice system? 
to see them take a more humanistic approach, stop policing Aboriginal communities with an outlook that you're bound to find crime. If you patrol any community for long enough, you'll find some form of crime. So I guess for me, it's working together and giving both sides a seat at the table to be aware of the impact that policing has and also to give our community and our people the understanding of what good policing looks like. Where are some good examples of good relationships with other First Nation communities and how are they doing it and how could we look at doing it better here? In remote communities of our country, like the one in the Northern Territory where Kumanjai died, locals are battling isolation, lack of services, extreme living conditions, lower life expectancy, poor health outcomes, and higher incarceration rates, to name a few. Now, they're grieving another death in custody. So if non-Indigenous Australians want to learn more about the struggles facing our Indigenous communities or show support, what can they do? Keenan has this advice. They can be social media champions and drive this conversation and be ambassadors for the conversation and working alongside Aboriginal people. My organisation are looking for a lot of volunteers and supporters to be able to get our message out there. But as an individual, just keep an open mind and know that any part you play in this moving forward is necessary. Ellie Beattie is the executive producer of The Quickie, audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.